Welcome to this week's edition of Sunday Morning Live from Fresh Fire Church. Today's message from Pastor Adam will encourage and strengthen your walk with Christ. If you would like to be a partner with Fresh Fire Church for $15 a month or more, become our patron on Podbean or visit freshfirechurch.net. And now, let's join the service. Hallelujah. If you can, get your Bibles. Let's go right into this word today. Bring back the glory. Hallelujah. Stay, stay with me. Stay alert. Because I believe we need to hear the word of the Lord today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to go into the word of God into 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And I think we'll begin in verse 7. We're going to, we're going to kind of pick it up right in the middle of the text as uh, we often do. 2 Samuel chapter 6. Glory to God. Bring back the glory. Now, as you are turning there, I'll, I'll just preface this by saying that there's a lot of people who tend to say that when David killed Goliath, that that was his greatest moment. But I, I kind of have the belief that that was his inaugural moment. That wasn't necessarily his greatest moment, all right? That the, I believe this text is his greatest moment. And maybe you'll understand more why. Because what was prophesied back then when he killed Goliath is now coming to pass in what we're about to read. And, and I just said just a few moments ago that anytime God promises you something, we often have a tendency to snatch the promise without understanding that with the promise comes problems. Amen. We're often quick to shout about a word that, that's positive and good and a prophetic word that can get us excited without understanding that with every promise also comes some problems. Like the more in 2024, problems are going to come with every promise that we have. And so we're going to step into this text right about where we're going to start reading. We're going to step into it right in the middle of a time when David is trying to bring two, two nations back together. He's trying to, to bring two nations back together. And he was trying to bring Judah and Israel back together under one head. And he's trying to do that and bring them back under one leadership. But in the process of doing that, some struggles and some problems arose. Anybody have some problems arise in the middle of trying to do good things, you'll face some problems and struggles. Amen. Stay with me. And so the, the Bible says right before we, we get into reading it, the Bible lets us know that the Ark of the Covenant, which represents the, the glory of God, had been separated from Israel for some years. And the Philistines had taken the ark and had, had, had possession of it. And, and, and yet we come to understand, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, we come to understand that you can never get things together without the glory of God. This text is going to help you and I understand that you and I, we're never really going to get things going together in the way that they should without the glory of God. See, sometimes I believe that we, we tend to try to pull things together and do things in our own strength. I know nobody in here is like that that, 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 that I can be one of those people that if ain't nobody going to help, I'll just do it my own self. 
And so we'll just do it in our own strength. I know that we've never been guilty of trying to do church in our own strength. Or we'll try to preach in our own strength, right? But, but sometimes we'll, we'll be guilty of trying to pull things together and do things. And even as we pray in the back, we can try to do worship without the glory and presence and power of God. We can often try to preach, and some do, right? We'll just do church. We make it a performance, right? And so sometimes we're trying to pull things together in our own strength. But, but what it's really going to take is the glory of God. Amen. What it's really going to take, I believe, this year for you and I to do all that God is leading us to do and for you and I to have the year that I believe God wants us to have that we preached about and prophesied about last year, it's going to require us to have the glory of God and not do it in our own strength. Amen. That, that we need to be able to see that, that we want every church service to be filled with the glory of God. That we want every midweek service to be filled with the glory of God. That every distribution would have the glory of God. That every enormous closet would have the glory of God. Are you starting to see what I'm saying? That we wouldn't do it in our own strength. That when you and I wake up tomorrow, we won't do Monday in our own strength. But that we'll do it with the glory of God. Bring back the glory. You may not realize it, but maybe we've lost the glory along the way. Maybe the glory hasn't been as present as we might like to believe that it is. And so in the process, I didn't forget about the scripture, in the process of trying to bring back the glory, he has a problem. Because sometimes we can be doing the right thing and still have a hard fight. Oh, my God. Did you hear me? See, sometimes we get frustrated. I know, maybe I'm preaching to myself that I'm the only one that ever gets frustrated. I'm trying to do the right thing, and why has it got to be this hard? Amen. Has anybody ever asked God something like that? God, I'm trying to be right. I'm trying to live right. I'm trying to do the right thing, but it's hard. Amen. Anybody else ever find it hard? Jamie says, yes, amen, that it's hard. You're just trying to be right. Lord, I didn't, I didn't reach out and strangle them by the neck, but God, why has it got to be this hard? Amen. See, you and I can be trying to do the right thing, and we can still be in a fight. That, that's where we find ourselves in the text today. David is in, a very, in the middle of a very pivotal time in his life. He's got more glory and recognition, but he also has more problems. He's trying to bring the glory back. Oh, God, he's trying to bring the glory back because it is not easy to bring the glory back. It's not easy to bring the glory back. Hallelujah. What I started realizing is that something always has to die to bring the glory back. Mm. Whether it's our flesh, whether it's a, a ram in the bush, whether it's a, a, through circumcision and scripture, whether it's our pride or our ego, something has to go in order to bring the glory back. So let's read 2 Samuel chapter 6. We'll start in verse 7. Hallelujah. I'm going to read a slightly different version than what I usually do today because I like the way it lays it out. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 7. And it says, And the anger of Jehovah was kindled against Uzzah. And God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark of God. Mm. Hallelujah. Look at that. He, he, God smote him. Think about it. He died right next to life. 
He died because he touched God and, and he got in his way. That's why he died. Now, just so you understand, Uzzah was one of David's men trying to do the right thing, but God smote him. Notice it wasn't a devil or a demon. God did it. So for everybody that always tries to blame a devil or a demon, sometimes God will do things that might surprise you too. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. So read on, verse 8. And David was displeased because Jehovah had broken forth upon Uzzah. In other words, he was, he, he, he was getting a little upset with God. Has anybody ever gotten mad or upset with God? Hallelujah. Upset with God thinking, Lord, I thought this would be easier. Uh-huh. Let's read on. And he called that place, and David called that place Perez Uzzah unto this day. And David was afraid of Jehovah that day, and he said, How shall the ark of Jehovah come unto me? In other words, let me break it down for you. When you and I get afraid and when you and I sometimes get discouraged, we often want to give up. He was making a question because sometimes when we get discouraged, we want to give up on what we're dreaming for. Uh-huh. So that, that it could be easier. We, we often think it's easier to give up or walk away than what we're dreaming for. But let's read on in verse 10. So David would not remove the ark of Jehovah unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. And the ark of Jehovah remained in the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite, three months. And Jehovah blessed Obed-Edom and all his house. So in other words, wherever God lives, there will be a blessing. Amen. Wherever God lives, there will be a blessing, right? Because the, remember, the ark represents the, the, the glory of God. And so wherever it went into the home of Obed-Edom, there was a blessing. Hallelujah. We're going somewhere. Verse 12. And it was told King David, saying, Jehovah hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that pertaineth unto him. Because the ark of God and David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with joy. In other words, David went up into the house after three months, went to the house of Obed-Edom. He knocked on the door and said, give me back the glory. Oh, hallelujah. I said we're going to go somewhere. Give me back the glory. Hallelujah. Today, what I believe this is about for you and I, today you and I are knocking on the door to get the glory back. I want you and I to be able to recognize so many times when we're trying to do things and we end up doing it without the glory of God. So if nothing else, we're going to be knocking on the door, say, give me back the glory. Hallelujah. Because sometimes we think we're tired and it's not that it's that we're tired. Yes, because we've been trying to do it without the glory. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I said, sometimes we're just tired because we were trying to do it without the glory. See, if we'll operate with the glory, it'll make it a little easier. He'll be with us. Hallelujah. I don't need to work so hard. I just need to work along with the glory. It'll make it easier. You and I need the glory. Somebody say, you need the glory. Yeah. Look, look over. Somebody say, you need the glory back. See, I know this. The Lord was speaking to me today because I can be guilty of just doing it, but I need the glory. Hallelujah. Look at verse 13. We're almost through. Verse 13. And it was so that when that they bear the ark of Jehovah had gone six paces, 
he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. Oh, hallelujah. And David danced before Jehovah with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of Jehovah with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Oh, hallelujah. I love that. So when they brought it, uh, 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 look at that again. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of Jehovah with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. In other words, what the ox could not do, the shout did. What, what the cart could not do that was carrying it, the, the shout did. Even what the people could not do, the shout could do. Amen? Because you can break forth with a shout. We, we've preached on the power of a shout before. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So, so we, we often can try to go after everything. We're guilty of trying to just go after everything. We, we dealt with that on Tuesday night, how the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things. You and I spend all of our time praying about all these things when God really wants us to go after the kingdom. And you'll get the things. Amen. And, and so we're guilty of always trying to go after all kinds of things. But I want to show you today that really one thing gets everything. That really if you and I can get in, in, in to sync and get connected to the glory, it will bring everything else. I'll show you through the word of God today. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Are you with me now? Amen. Stay awake. Hallelujah. Take a nap later. Don't take it on me. Because mm -hmm. we need to bring back the glory. You can't bring back the glory taking a nap in church. Hallelujah. You're going to bring back the glory by hearing what thus says the Lord today. So I want you to understand. The Bible says that the house of Saul grew weaker and weaker. But the house of David grew Stronger and stronger, right? Remember, Saul, just as a quick recap for those of you that it might be new for us, Saul was king over Israel, and just, he got jealous of David and David's anointing. And he tried to kill David over and over and over again. But even what's interesting about this story is even when David had the upper hand, David refused to kill Saul because Saul was anointed. Oh, how some lessons people could learn. Hallelujah. <laughs> that story. He refused to kill him because he's, he was anointed. Now, don't be mistaken. David did kill others. All right. But not Saul because he recognized that Saul was anointed. Understand, he did not respect Saul, but he did respect the anointing. Oh, hallelujah. He didn't like him very much. But he did respect the anointing. Amen. Hallelujah. See, sometimes we may not like people very much, brother, but we have to still respect that they're anointed. Amen. There are certain people we just don't care for, but we can still have a respect for the anointing. I maybe don't like their attitude or their ego. I may not like what they have on, but I respect their anointed. Hallelujah. So people who respect the anointing will back off while others are attacking. Because if you fool around with the anointing, you end up fooling with God. While, while some preachers have been in the headlines recently across our nation and our Christian news organizations putting out garbage and filth, I thought, Lord, our, the own body of Christ doesn't get it. That we still should have an honor and a respect for those who are anointed. 
but I digress. Amen. And so, so, but those who understand and respect the anointing, they'll back off while others are often attacking. And so the Bible says that the house of Saul was growing weaker and weaker because the Lord had forsaken him. They were growing weaker and weaker, meaning it didn't happen instantaneously. He just didn't wake up one day and just be weak, but, but it happened little by little. Little by little, there was a deterioration of the house of Saul. Little by little, there was a deterioration of his army. Little by little, there was a deterioration of his influence. And little by little, there was a deterioration of his power and even his resources. Hallelujah. And so as this house of Saul grew weaker and weaker, the house of David was growing stronger and stronger. Hallelujah. Some of us in this room have probably felt yourself growing stronger and stronger. I've heard it through your testimonies, the things you've been saying. Amen. When, when the sister said to somebody, what she heard on Tuesday night has been life-changing. Another way of saying, I'm growing and growing. Amen. In other words, we're not the same as we used to be. Some of you recognize that about yourself. You're not as short-tempered as you maybe used to be. You don't fly off like you used to be. Amen. Hallelujah. You don't light somebody up quite as quickly. Things don't drive you and I as crazy as they used to be anymore. Amen. I'm stronger now. I have more fortitude now. I've got more tenacity now. I recognize that even about myself. I don't pop off quite as quick. You know? It's a little slower than it used to be. Hallelujah. Right? That there's been growth. There's been some fortitude. And so you, you, you and I should be able to say that while, while walking with God for a period of time. And so this, right when we begin to look at this text, there's a, there's a transfer going on between two leaders. Saul is getting weaker because God has rejected him, and David is getting stronger because God has chosen him. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for choosing me. Amen. See, sometimes you need to just thank God that he chooses you. Hallelujah. Because, see, if God chooses you, you will ultimately prevail. Are you hearing me? I know that the beginning of this year already has been a little challenging for us. What we were praying about before we went live today, right? It, it's a challenge for us. Hallelujah. In your personal life, some of us are dealing with things personally that are challenging. But, but what we can always go back to is what is sure and steadfast in the word of God. If he chooses you, you and I will ultimately prevail. Yes, amen. Come on. I, I know some of the other shouters aren't here today, but you're still here. I said, if God chooses you, you will ultimately prevail. So it doesn't matter how difficult the year started, we ultimately win. It doesn't matter what, what calamities have happened around us, we'll ultimately still win. Amen. It doesn't matter how many bills you and I have stacked up on the desk at home, I ultimately still win. Hallelujah. Doesn't matter how many gotten, people got mad at you this week, doesn't matter how many people hung up on me this week, I ultimately prevail. Amen. I win. You win. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. See, there are some things you and I need to just have rooted and grounded within us that we know about the word of God, that, that we can know to be true, that when all hell is, is, is in your face, you can come back to a simple truth like this. 
Even what I said last week, what I was teaching them on Tuesday night, and I, and I gave it a little bit of a way to you. I said one of the greatest revelations the church can ever uh, have is that is understanding the devil is a liar. Well, people are trying to focus on teaching all kinds of crazy stuff. If you and I could just get the revelation that the devil is a liar, it would allow you and enable you to live a victorious life and not get all caught up in everything that's wrong and, 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 and going wrong in your life. Amen. That the devil is a liar. That, that whatever he says, whatever he tries to do, he's still a liar. Amen. See, truths like that that we can hang on to, that if God chooses you, you will ultimately prevail. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My mom said to me recently, she said, I just don't understand why some of this stuff just don't bother you. It's not that it doesn't. It just doesn't bother me like it used to. Right? It's not that it doesn't, it just does I don't freak out to where she sees it anymore, right? I, I, maybe I don't make as many panicked phone calls to her or Pastor Donnie or some of the others anymore. I don't know. But, but see, when you go through things often enough, you, you'll grow stronger. See, we, I, I'm stronger because we've been through some resistance training, right? I, I'm stronger through warfare, right? You and I, we get stronger through conflict and adversity. I know we don't like it, but it does make you stronger, Hallelujah. Some of the reasons some of you are still married because of all the conflict you've been through in your marriage, it made you stronger. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah. All the married people say, Amen. See, glory to God. I'm stronger in the struggle. See, while we often cry and tremble, I was getting stronger. See, you don't realize it in that moment, but even in the midst of your tears and in the midst of the struggle itself, you're getting stronger. Even when you and I are frustrated and even maybe even full of doubt, you are getting stronger. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Because anytime you have doubt and keep going anyway, you get stronger. Hallelujah. So this is a tough moment for David. I've got to be careful. I'll get off somewhere and, and, and not stay focused on where I need to go. This is a tough moment for David because he has lost Uzzah, his friend, in the process of getting stronger. Some of us have lost some friends in the process of trying to get stronger. Come on. As a church, it feels like we've lost a friend, somebody, in the process of trying to get stronger. But let me, let me help you understand his grief. David's grief does not negate the fact that he is getting stronger. Uh -huh. See, we can grieve and yet still be getting stronger. See, even his displeasure with Jehovah does not, does not, does not negate the fact that he's getting stronger. See, I can be displeased with someone and still be getting stronger. I can be struggling with God and upset even with God, but yet I can be getting stronger at the same time. David has parked the Ark of the Covenant in the house of Obed-Edom. What a name. Hallelujah. <laughs> He's parked it right in the house of Obed-Edom, the text says, who is a Gittite. He has convert, converted over to God. And the Bible says that God rested in the house of Obed-Edom. Oh, hallelujah. If we could just have God just rest on us. Oh, my God. See, some of us know what it is. Some of us have felt like when God has just rested on you. Sometimes we know what it is to be in a service when God just has rested on us. 
Amen. Uh, uh, we must be the only ones, brother. I don't know. I know what it is that sometimes you can just feel God resting on you, that you can go into a difficult situation and you just feel God resting. Or we can be in the middle of worship and we just feel God resting on us. Amen. The Bible says that as he brought the Ark of the Covenant into the home of Obed-Edom, God rested in the house. Woo! God rest in the house. Hallelujah. He rested in the house. I believe, I believe we're, we're hitting a season. I really believe this, that we're hitting a season that everything we're going to touch, God's just going to bless it. After God gave the word last week, I believe we're entering a season where, where he's just going to rest upon you. Oh, hallelujah. I hope somebody hearing what I'm saying. That we're hitting a time where he's just going to rest with you and I. But I'm going to show you some things today that's going to have to happen for, for that to happen. Because he ain't going to just sit anywhere. He can't just take up residence anywhere. That's why you can go to some churches and it's like, huh? Was that church? And then you can go to others and you can, you can sense that he's resting there. Sister Amy said, the, she in here today, Sister Amy said the other Tuesday night, she said, I just love no matter when I come in here, if I come in to clean or I come in for Tuesday night or I come in for, for Sunday night, she said something to that effect, I just, you can just sense he's here. Whether she's cleaning or praying or worshiping, she said, I just sense he's here. In other words, he's resting. Oh, hallelujah. I believe that you are entering a season where he's going to be resting on you. Woo. Hallelujah. He's just going to rest. So I don't say that to get you excited. I want you to understand what I believe we're about to enter into. A season where he's just going to rest upon you and I. Hallelujah. That everything when I touch is going to get blessed. That's why he said last week to you and I, the drought is over. That the struggle, yes, it's been real, but it's not going to continue. That you and I are going to enter a time where we're going to, we're going to sense the blessings and the abundance of God. Because His presence, His glory will be apparent. Hallelujah. The Bible says in the text that we read that for three months, the Bible says the house of Obed-Edom was blessed. Just because he kept God. His house was blessed just because he kept God. But what I love about the text, as we continue to read on, is, is the Bible says that Obed-Edom continued to walk with the Ark of the Covenant even after it left his house. Hallelujah. He continued to walk with the Ark of the Covenant even after it left its house. The Bible says he started following the Ark of the Covenant. He joined in and started serving the Lord all the way up to being a gatekeeper at Solomon's temple. Hallelujah. Now remember, Solomon is David's son. So why that's important is for an entire generation, Obed-Edom said, if you're going to take the glory... I'm going with the glory. Do you hear that? Obed-Edom, that, that guy with the weird messed up name. Aren't you glad you don't have that name, Jamie? Amen. 
Aren't you glad you're not walking through life with Obed-Edom? But, but he said, for an entire generation, he said, if you're going to move the glory, I'm going where the glory is. I'm going to go where you're, wherever you take the glory. I'm going with the glory. Oh, what would happen if you and I would say, I'm going with the glory. As a church, I'm going with the glory that, that when we enter in here, if we could just shake off what is happening that may be wrong and just say, I'm going with the glory. God, wherever you go, I'll follow. God, God whatever you want to do, I'm going with you. I'm going with the glory. Hallelujah. God, I, I'm, if you're going to take the glory, I'm going with the glory. Hallelujah. I'm going with the glory. Maybe that should be your theme this year. I'm going with the glory. Obed Edom said, if, it, if, if it's not going to stay in my house, I'm going with the glory. In other words, I, I'm not going to choose my church by the stained glass windows or by the comfortable chairs. I'm going to choose my church based on the glory of God. Are you hearing me? So many times we choose our church for all the wrong reasons. You don't choose a church even because of the preacher or because of the music. You choose it because of the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we've got to go where the glory is. Thank you, Lord. That's why as long as I see the glory in the house, I'll move. That's why as long as I see the glory in the house, I will shout. I will do what, what I have to do. Because, see, it's not about the building, right? It's not about even the preacher. It's about the glory of God. That's why the, the Bible says, for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. All right? Because is there anybody in here that's ever been liberated? Oh, come on, that's weak. I said, is there anybody in here that's ever been liberated? Amen. Some of us had know what it is to be liberated or to be set free from something. So where, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty or there is freedom. It, 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 see, some of us should be able to praise God even without the music. Because we're going to go with the glory. I'm grateful for musicians and I'm grateful for good praise and worship. But, but what we really need to be able to do is give him praise and glory and honor even without all of that. Because I know what it is to be liberated. See, we should be able to even glorify God and give him praise even when it gets on other people's nerves. I know that sometimes when we get to shouting and, and we get to praising God and we get to really ramping up on the instruments, it might annoy some people. That's why they don't come here. They go to the quiet church, the dead church down the street, right? And so, so I know that that gets on some people's nerves. But hear me, if, there, if, if you and I have to be able to give God praise and give him glory, whether it gets on people's nerves or not, because, see, I'm stronger now than I used to be. And so, therefore, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Amen. I know what it is to be in a weak place. And so, because I'm stronger now, I'll bless him at all times. You and I have to get to the place where we can just bless him anyhow. I know sometimes people want you and I to, you and I to just shut up. And some people think that we're too loud. But I'm not talking to people when I'm shouting. I'm talking to God. 
Are you hearing me? You and I cannot be so concerned about what the neighbor you're sitting next to might think when you get to shouting or praying in the spirit or bringing forth the message in tongues because you're not shouting for them. You're shouting for God. Hallelujah. That's why people can roll their eyes or sit down on their cheeks. Amen. Or, or they can send a text message or pass a note and it won't bother me because I'm going to give God praise. Amen. Because I know what it is to be weak, and I'm thankful that I'm stronger now. Last year, somebody had asked me to help them replace the headlights in their vehicle. They, They had headlights, but they wanted fancy LED lights. This has everything to do with where we're going. It's funny how God speaks. To me, anyway. And so they asked me if they said, you, you know how to do this? I said, yeah. They said, can you do this? And, of course, they chose the coldest day of the year. And so they wanted these LED lights put in, and they didn't know how to do it. And, and so, of course, they asked me to help. And I grabbed a couple of tools that I thought I might need and went to work. And from past experiences, I thought this only takes a couple of minutes. You just reach in, you pull out the old bulb, you're careful when you put the new bulb in, boom, it's done. Uh-huh, not so much on the new cars. I, I mean, hallelujah. And so what in the past only took a few minutes, after about 90 minutes, and it was like three degrees outside, I still even hadn't even had the first bulb out. I couldn't get into it. My, my hands were too big, and I, they, I couldn't even wear gloves to get into where I needed to go. And if I reached in through the, under the hood, I couldn't get in. I tried to go underneath by laying on the ground, couldn't get in. I even turned the wheels of the car and went through the wheel well where they had a hole where you, you pulled the twisty out, and I couldn't get in that way. It just went by means no way. And so finally I said, that's enough of this. It was getting dark. I couldn't see anyways. I said, let's try again tomorrow. I was, those of you that might not know, I get frustrated when I can't do things I should be able to do that should only take a few minutes and suddenly it's taking longer. Those things irritate me. And so in my frustration, I slammed the hood, I gathered my tools and I said, we'll try again tomorrow. I went home and after I got home and I was irritated, God always tends to speak to me in those moments. And it makes me even more irritated because then I'm tr- it's almost like he's trying to make me spiritual. And in that moment, I don't want to be spiritual. I just want to be angry. Amen. Hallelujah. And so after I got home and being irritated, the Lord said to me, he said, Adam, you think you need more power. Because I was trying to get my hand in there. It didn't matter how much of a grip I got on. It just wasn't budging. I was trying pliers. I was trying everything I could to try to just budge that seal loose, and it would not work. So he says, Adam, you think you need more power. He said, it's not power that you lack. It's patience. Uh-huh. God be thinking he real cute. He says things like that to me in those moments. He says, it's not more power you need. It's more patience. Oh, hallelujah. Because he says, patience will do. Watch this. Patience will do what power cannot. 
Oh, hallelujah. I gave somebody something there today that you needed. I said, patience will do what power cannot. It brings us right where we need to be today. Hallelujah. So the next day, I arranged to get the vehicle into a garage. I said, enough of this. I'm not going to be freezing. I layered up, but I arranged to get a garage, and I made sure it was a garage that I could turn some heat on. I said, pull that beast of a car up in there, turn the heat on, let's wait. I said, let's let the car warm up, let's let the room warm up. I'm not freezing myself to death today. I'm going to have some patience. Hallelujah. I got a blanket and I laid it on the floor. I got another blanket and I laid it over their car because they have like a nice fancy car, you know. And so I didn't want to scratch it up and do any harm to it. I laid it over the thing, waited about a half hour till everything warmed up, got my tools and that I thought I might need, got everything ready, popped the hood of that car, got it right in there. I was determined I was going to get this done. Finally, after a few minutes, I got down to business and what would not budge the day before broke loose as soon as I reached in and twisted it. I mean, as soon as I reached in and twisted. Suddenly I realized in that moment that God was not talking to me about the headlights the night before. He was telling me that certain things only break loose with patience. That you and I are going to need some patience after you've done the will of God. Oh, I know. Anybody else ever short on patience around here? Hallelujah, hallelujah. I said what he helped me to understand is that some of us are going to need some patience after you've done the will of God. See, you, you need some patience to understand that, that the breaking loose sometimes takes time. That the breaking loose can sometimes take some time. That's why the Bible says, see, see that, that, that it's not by might nor by power, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. In other words, when God says something is coming loose, it's coming loose. You just might need to be patient. It will come to pass. It will happen. You just need to be patient. And so when I was reading this text, the text that we read just a few moments ago, there were three things that popped out at me that I believe we need to understand as the recipe for this year. I don't usually always give a word for the year. I introduced last week by telling you the prophetic word the Lord was speaking to me. The drought is over. And he continues it with the overflow of that. He gave me the recipe for what will be required of this year. And I'm going to give you these three things quickly. Are you ready? The text that we're reading today and the things that he spoke to me out of the text, the three things. The first one is power. The second one is patience. And the third one is praise. And all three are in the text that we read, and I'm going to show them to you. 2024 is going to be about power, patience, and praise. The things that God wants you and I to break loose are going to require this recipe to break loose. The things that you've been waiting on God to do, somebody hear me. The things you've been waiting on and yearning and desiring God to do is going to require this recipe. Power, patience, 
and praise. Are you still with me? The first one, power. I'm going to give them to you quickly. Power. I want you to first understand there are, there are two kinds of powers that show up in the Word of God. Some of you know that already. The, the word power is translated in two different languages in the Bible. Hallelujah. And I'm so thankful that it is. I'm going to show it to you what's required of you. Power. The first one's translated is, is exousia in the Greek. People who've sat under some of our teaching know that already. I, I've taught it to you. Exousia is one word translated from power. The other one is dunamis. Dunamis is the word where we get dynamite from. Hallelujah. Are y'all still with me? Don't go to sleep on me. This is the best part. Hallelujah. They have close to the same meaning, but they are not the same. Jesus said to his disciples that you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Power. That power, that word is dunamis. All right? That word is dunamis, like dynamite. But then there's another scripture that says, all power in heaven and earth is given unto me. That word is exousia. Now I'm going to show you the difference. The difference between exousia and the difference between dunamis, where we get dynamite from, is exousia means authority. Oh, hallelujah. But dunamis is more like dynamite, that kind of power, explosive power. Woo. Hallelujah. The other day I was at my house and I heard all kinds of commotion. I looked out the front door, brother, and the popo was across the street at the neighbor's house. Mm-hmm. The police. For those of you that don't know what I mean by the popo. And so what was interesting is it didn't take long when the police knocked on the door for the neighbor to open the door. They knocked on the door of their house and when the neighbor looked out, they saw the badge of the police. The badge they wear. The badge is exousia, the authority. Uh-huh. And so anytime you see the badge, they have authority. But if you look a little bit lower on a policeman, you'll see dunamis, what they carry on their hip. Are you with me? That's the difference. Exousia and authority. When, a, when people don't listen to the authority, they'll use dunamis. Oh, come on. Some people don't respect authority, won't respond to it, but they will respect dunamis. I'm trying to make it laid out to you to where you might understand it. Amen. Hallelujah. Are you still with me? Say, I'm with you. Hallelujah. See, what God wants you and I to understand is he wants you and I, you and I have to have both. We have to have authority and we have to have dunamis. Oh, God. See, sometimes we try to walk in authority without dunamis. Or sometimes we try to walk in dunamis without authority. I'm not here to preach that today. I just have to drop it to you, give you that little nugget, right? I have to have both. I have to have authority. I have to have the badge, but, but the, 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 the right 
And then if that doesn't break it loose, I have to have the dunamis. I have to have the dynamite to break it loose. Oh, hallelujah. That's why Jesus said, you shall receive power. That's why our church has to have a power like dynamite to deal and work against the things of the enemy and do what needs to be done to to see God show up in explosive ways. Don't you want to see God show up in explosive ways? See, that's why we can't just walk in authority. we got to walk with authority and have dunamis. Woo, thank you, Lord. I can't just have authority to break some things loose. I need dynamite to break some things loose. I can't just have dynamite to break some things loose. Sometimes I have to walk in my authority. God gave you and I the Holy Ghost so you and I would have dynamite. The Bible says, for the breaking of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And so if you have exousia and you have dunamis, shout, I have power. Did that not sound like a weak church pastor back there? I said, if you have exousia, if you're wearing the badge, I'm going to bring you all into being citizens of the kingdom, whether you want to or not this year. You are going to get this kind of stuff. I said, if you have the badge, oh, hallelujah, and you have the dunamis, hallelujah. That's why there are some things I walk into I'm not scared. Because I walk in and I know my authority and I know that I'm packing heat. Not the heat that some people might be thinking of. I'm talking about dunamis power. Amen, hallelujah. That I can walk into the enemy's camp. I can walk in on a situation where people don't like me very much. And it's not because I'm cocky or an ego. It's because I know I have dunamis, yeah. But it's also because I know I'm walking in authority. I'm walking in the fullness of power. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. So I'm going to say it again. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. If you have exousia, if you have authority, and if you have dunamis, shout, I have power. There we go. That's more like it. See, there, there, are, there, there are many things that will be broken in your life because you have power. Demons will back up because you out of your way because you have power. There are people that hate you because you have power. Are you hearing me? Sometimes people just don't like you because you have power. There are some religious people that just don't like our church because we have power. I'm okay with that. But also doors will be open to you because you have power. That's why it's important you understand who you are in the kingdom of God. Some things just work when you walk in your power. Oh, God, have mercy. Hallelujah. See, some of the things that you and I have accomplished in our life, you have the authority to do it or you wouldn't have been able to do it. Uh Uh-huh. This is why I told somebody this week, I believe it's a waste of time to get jealous of people. The reason it's, it's a waste of time to be jealous is because if you don't have the badge, that door isn't going to open for you. So there's no need in the body of Christ to get jealous. Our church don't need to be jealous of faith assembly. Our church don't need to be jealous of the Methodist church down the street. Our church don't need to be jealous of nobody because if I don't have the badge to do it, it ain't mine to do. Are you hearing what I'm trying to tell you? 
That's why I don't get jealous. Hallelujah. If they got the man and you didn't, they got the badge. Hallelujah. And just because you didn't get it, God's got something more. Hallelujah. The reason why some people, some of you get hired over other people is because you, you have favor. Because you have exousia or authority for that door to open for you. Hallelujah. Now, don't be deceived. Because you can't just have power. The second thing I said you need these out of these three things is patience. Because the Bible says that there are some things that will only break loose. Jesus told his disciples, but by prayer and fasting. And if anybody ever done either of those, you'll know you need some patience. Hallelujah. Amen. In other words, there's some things don't happen quickly. Has anybody been waiting for a while for some things to happen? You've prayed and you've prayed. You've fasted. You've done everything you know to do. And here you are still waiting because some things will require patience. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. There, there's another example of it. There was, a, there was a man that brought his son to Jesus and said, he said, often he falls into the water and often he falls into the fire. And, 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 and I wouldn't have even come to you, Jesus, if your disciples were able to deliver him. Mm-hmm. The man was saying they have power, but they have no patience. Uh-huh. Did you hear me? They have power. They know how to pray. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Huh. They even got the Holy Ghost huh, in there. You know, they, they did it all right. They were hacking and spitting like us preachers do. Huh. And it sounded like God was going to show up. Huh. But then God didn't. But the reason that they didn't move in that moment was the men knew how to tap into the power. Huh. But they lacked the patience. I wonder if anybody else in here has ever gotten frustrated and gave up because they lacked the patience to wait on the Lord. Like Jesus said, this kind, some kinds only come out but by prayer and fasting. In other words, it might take some time. They had the power, but they had no patience. Jesus said, but this kind is going to come out by prayer and fasting. In other words, you can rebuke this devil but it's a devil that might take some time. Hallelujah. Are you hearing me? It's a devil that might take some time. Some of the things that you and I are dealing with are generational things. Some of us are facing some things that don't just come out by us spinning around three times in church and running up and throwing money on the altar. I get so sick and tired of seeing church people do crazy, stupid stuff where we'll spin around three times and think we're delivered. Or we'll start throwing money on the altar while the preacher's preaching and you think that's going to do it for you. Some things only come out but by prayer and fasting. In other words, some things are just going to require some patience. Some things aren't even going to happen if you come up and I put an oily cross on your forehead. Some things are just going to take some time. It takes some time. It takes some patience and some discipline. And telling yourself no when your mind's telling you yes. In other words, there are times where I have to clench my mouth shut and bite my tongue. Because if I said what I really wanted to say, some of y'all wouldn't respect me no more. Are you hearing what I'm trying? I'm just telling you. Haven't you ever just bit your tongue? Because if you said what you really were thinking, you were going to light some people up. 
Come on. Hallelujah. I'm one of those people. I'm just like, Lord, help me now. Oh, Jesus, help me. I'm going to fire him up, Lord. Hallelujah. Because there are some things that just requires patience. This change I'm talking about for you this year, it's going to take some patience. The Bible said, I love it, actually. The Bible says, after you have suffered a little while, I will perfect, strengthen, and establish you or settle you. In other words, there are. The reason I like that scripture it says, after you have suffered a little, anybody been suffering? It says, after you have suffered a little while, that, 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 what it means right there when it says suffered a little while, it means a sensible short season. If you've suffered, God never intended you to suffer for a long period of time. When my suffering has been extended, I recognize now looking back, it was extended because I lacked the patience. <laughs> oh, God. The Word of God says it's going to take some patience. He says, after you have suffered a little while, look, He said, I will perfect, strengthen, and settle you. In other words, if you can have the patience for a little while, look what God says He'll do. I'll perfect you. Woo! It means He's going to make what's good already even better. He's going to strengthen you, and He's going to settle whatever is unsettled in you. Are you hearing what I just said to you? That there is enough right there. If that's all you got today out of today's message, that is enough for you to give God praise and glory and honor for. He's going he's gonna to perfect, strengthen, and settle you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I love that scripture because that scripture is, it means suffering is a sign that you're about to get breakthrough. Now, I'm not saying that to get you excited and to just make you shout. I'm saying it that I want you to have patience while you suffer so that your suffering isn't, isn't prolonged. Suffering is a sign that you're close to breakthrough. That's why he says after you've suffered a little while, a sensible short season, it means. Woo! So it means even though I'm suffering in the beginning of this year, it's going to be a sensible short season. But once I come through it, he said, Adam, I will perfect. I will strengthen and I will settle you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So just don't wait on the breakthrough to praise God. Praise God like you, you, you've already broken through. That's what that scripture means you and I need to be able to do. In other words, let me put it this way. If, if it doesn't break today, it's going to break tomorrow. That's what that scripture means. Are you hearing me? If it doesn't break tomorrow, it will break on Tuesday. If it doesn't break Tuesday, it's going to break on Wednesday. That's what the scripture means. If it doesn't break Wednesday, then might might just break on Thursday. Amen. But that devil is going to break. That's what the scripture means. It, it may not happen right when you think it will, but it will happen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. I want you to write down, because for the sake of time, I can't read it. Write down Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 through 36. Hallelujah. And I want you to read it, and I'm going to summarize it right now as I prepare to close. i got to give you the last chunk of this. Hebrews 10, 32 through 36. This text, it has a lot to say, but I'm going to summarize it quickly like this. The text summarizes and starts kind of telling you and I, 
to not be a people that fight over stuff. That when you don't get something that you were believing for, it means God has something better for you. It means if you didn't get the house you were believing for, God's got a better one. It means if you didn't get the man or the woman you were believing God for, it means he's got something better. It means if you didn't get the job you were hoping for, it means he's got something better. I want you to understand God loves you so much, he's saving you for something better. And that too many times you and I get caught up in crying over what we've lost instead of understanding that God's saving me for something better. That's what he was trying to tell the people right there in Hebrews 10. Don't get caught up on the things that you think are delayed. I got something better for you. But in verse 35 of Hebrews chapter 10, he said to them, cast not away, therefore, your boldness. Oh, cast not away, therefore, your boldness. In other words, don't walk around with your head down and being miserable because you're going through something. Don't throw away your boldness. We've all heard it. me say, and others say, your, out, your attitude has something, everything to do with your altitude. In other words, God was saying in his word, keep your boldness. Keep your boldness. Have you ever noticed that when you and I start going through something challenging, we, we're not as bold? We get kind of meek. We get kind of weary. We get kind of quiet. We sort of shrink into the background. Amen. I watch y'all. When y'all start going through something and you start doubting and you start fearing and you start struggling and your health goes awry and, and, and you're, you're battling things on multiple fronts, your boldness isn't there as much. You're not praying in the spirit like you would and you're not as assertive as you normally would. Hallelujah. What, what God says right there in verse 35, cast not away therefore your boldness. He's saying he needs you and I to keep our boldness. In other words, trouble's going to come. Trouble's going to come. In other words, I can lose my car but keep my boldness. The doctors can tell me bad news like they did this week, but he says, keep your boldness. Oh, come on, somebody. He, the doctor can say, Adam, your body's not going to operate like it needs to, but God's saying, don't worry, keep your boldness. Your bank account might look low, but keep your boldness. Come on, somebody. Amen. Your body might be in pain, but God's saying keep your boldness. Hallelujah. You might lose some friends, but keep your boldness. Amen. See, our community might be mad at us because we're praying for people that they hate right now. But he says, keep your boldness. Come on, somebody. I can lose my job, but he says, keep your boldness. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Whew. In other words, God's saying this is not the year to be shy or intimidated. This is the year for you and I not to back up or give up. This is not a year to faint. This is a year for you and I to be bold. It's a year for you and I to be bold. See, you, you and I, we got to be bold. That's what the text is saying. You See, some people might end up calling you arrogant. Some people say that. I mean, I'm not arrogant. I'm bold. That's why when I told somebody this week, I said what they did was no different than your nasty, lying, gossiping tongue. And they went, click. I didn't care. I wasn't being arrogant. I was being bold. What you and I have to be able to be in this hour now more than ever is bold. And you cannot allow what's happening to you to allow you to shrink into the background and be just a, a figure in the backdrop. Hallelujah. God has called you and I to the front, and that's going to require you to be bold. Woo, thank you, Lord. Whew. 
cast not away your boldness, he said in Hebrews, which hath great recompense of reward, it went on to say. I thought, God, what in the world are you trying to say? Let me read that to you again. Hebrews 10, verse 35. He said, cast away, therefore, your, not your boldness, which hath great recompense of reward. Recompense means God's going to pay you just because you're bold. He's going to give you favor just because you're bold. Amen. Just because you'll walk in the door, just because you go after it, just because you strengthen yourself. So in other words, he's saying, don't, don't, in other words, like I said earlier, you can lose your car, but stay bold. Tragedy can happen, but stay bold. Hallelujah. Because God's getting ready to reward you if you'll stay bold. A recompense is coming your way. He's going to pay you for your boldness. Hallelujah. And in that same chapter of Hebrews 10 and verse 36, he ends it with saying, For ye have need of patience, that having done the will of God, you may receive the promise. In other words, wait for it. Yes, it'll break loose, but wait for it. Yes, God has a breakthrough, but wait for it. Yes, God has an expected end for you, but wait for it. Or you hear me? God needs you and I to have patience. So we need to have power. We need to have patience. And the final thing I'll give you in this final two minutes is praise. The Bible said that David, the Bible said that after David had patience for three months, and the power to get the Ark of the Covenant from the Philistines and then the patience to leave it in the house of Obed-Edom. The Bible says when he finally got it back, the Bible said David started praising God. The moment that he got the glory back, he started praising God. That's why David wrote the scripture that he inhabits the praises of his people. Because if you want God to rest on your back, all you have to do is be a praiser. I want you to understand the reason that Uzzah, his friend, died. It's because Uzzah touched God without praise. Did you hear me? Uzzah reached out and touched the Ark of the Covenant. He reached out and touched God without praise. Oh, hallelujah. How many times we try to reach out and grab a hold of God without praise. We try to reach out and get his attention without praise. That's why the Bible says if you enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise, God will make a way out of no way. Hallelujah. God will make a way out of no way. This is why if, if, if this is why I don't, I don't like people to be around me, especially in church when I'm worshiping God, who won't praise God. Please hear what I'm trying to tell you. I don't like to be in church when I'm not on an instrument, being around people who don't want to praise God. Quiet people. Because I don't want their old dead spirit of Uzzah to get on me. In other words, people that are trying to touch God without praising God. Do you know how many times we come to church and we're trying to get a hold of God and touch God without ever praising God? 
I challenge you when you come into the house of God, if you're sitting near someone or you're sitting in a row with people who won't praise God, move. Move so that you don't get an old dead spirit of Uzzah on you of people who are trying to touch God. And what happened to Uzzah is he died. Touching God without praising God. Oh my God. I know that sounds a little harsh, but it's true. I, I just can't stand being around people who won't praise God. So look up and down your rows. And if they aren't praising God, just get up and move. Don't worry, just get up and move. And if they say, what'd you move? I, I saw Uzzah. Tell them I saw Uzzah. Hallelujah. It didn't mean it's them. You just saw Uzzah. Amen. Hallelujah. It, it wasn't you, but I saw Uzzah nearby. Hallelujah. See, this is a year to give God glory and honor and praise. This is you and I's year to get the glory back. I'm going to close right here. This is your year to get the glory back. That's why I said earlier, one thing gets everything. If you and I get the glory, we can get everything else. All I want is the glory. If all I have is the glory, doors will open. If, if all I got is the glory, mountains will move. If all I got is the glory, yokes will be broken. Oh, God, would you just give us the glory? Give us the glory. The only way to get the glory to rest upon your shoulders is to give God praise. Because when the praises go up, oh, yeah, 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 the blessings come down. The glory comes down. When the praises go up, the glory comes down. Hallelujah. Would you stand to your feet in this place? As you stand, the last thing that I saw in the text that spoke to me and the Lord was, he spoke this to me this morning and I just thought, wow. Because the Lord said the recipe for this year, we need to have power. We need to have patience and we need to have praise. But there was one other thing in the text and I almost overlooked it. The Bible said that right near where we stopped reading and the Bible says that once they got the Ark of the Covenant back, that they took six paces. And that every six paces, they gave an offering to God. Paces. They took six big paces. Or six big steps. Not like a normal step. You know how the older we get, we, Lois, when she walks in, because she's old, she walks like this. And so her six big steps, or her six little steps, is like a half of one of mine. Amen. Watch this now. The Bible says that, that after they got it back, they, in preparation to give an, an offering to God, they would take six paces. And every six paces, see, some of y'all complain about giving an offering once a week, and they did it every six steps. I mean, that's, the, that's every preacher's fantasy right there. It's for the church to give an offering every time you take six steps. Oh, hallelujah. Every time they took six steps, they gave an offering to God, but I'm not focusing on the offering as much as I want to focus on the paces. Paces in Hebrew literally means big steps. The Lord said to Adam this year, he said, you're going to need power. You're going to need patience. And you're going to need praise. He said, and if you have power, patience and praise, you're going to take big steps. Big steps. In other words, I believe today as you and I close, and when we leave this place, I don't want you walking out of here like this. I prophesy over you that this year is a year of big steps. 
I prophesy to you and I in your individual life and as a church, this is a year of big steps. Change your gate. You know what I mean? Walk out of here with some big steps. Walk in your home. When you, when you go to Walmart, start taking big steps. Are you hearing me? That you and I will accomplish big things. Because we're gonna, we have the recipe for big things. Are you hearing me? They, they took six big steps. And every six big steps, they gave an offering to God. I am prophesying that this is your year. This is your year not to take baby steps. But this is your year to stretch your legs and take big steps. And so I believe you and I today as we leave need to take some big steps from this place. This is, this is our year to have some big steps. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise the mighty name of Jesus today. Take some big steps. So in other words, God wants you and I to be a big stepper. Be a big stepper. Hallelujah. It, it, whatever you're believing God for, just be a big stepper in spite of it. As you pray, be a big stepper. I'm believing God. I'm believing God because I've got the recipe for big things. I've got power. Amen. I, I've got both kinds of power. I've got patience. Oh, come on. You guys got power. You've got patience. And you better have some praise. That's what this year is going to require of you. So if you believe that you can require, you can possess those things, you can do those things, then I dare you today. I dare you this week to start taking some big steps and declaring over yourself, this is a year of big steps for me. You're going to do things that you had dreamed of. You're going to see God move in ways you had hoped for because you have the recipe to bring back the glory. Yeah, I said you have the recipe to bring back the glory because we have power, we have patience, and we have praise. He responds to that with the glory. Lord, bring back the glory. I'm going to close in prayer today. And I'm going to pray and believe God over you that you will take big steps, that our church will take big steps. And as I close in prayer, I'll go ahead and pray over your tithe, your offering, if you're giving it. And on the way out, if you can give it, give your very best. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, if, you, if you're not tithing, tithe today. If you're not giving, give today. But give unto the Lord. Amen. Demonstrate to him, God, I honor you. God, I bless you. Give today. I'm telling you, and God will bless you. He will honor you. He will bless you back. Hallelujah. Amen. Lord, bring back the glory. Bring back the glory. Bring back the glory, God. Hallelujah. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would allow something I said today to permeate into the hearts and minds and lives of your people. That, Lord, you gave us the word to the recipe, as you called it, for this year. That we have to have the power. We have to have the patience. We have to have the praise. But that God, you've called us to take some big steps. God, I pray that in this place there are big steppers. I pray that God, that you're going to cause us as a church to do bigger things this year. You're challenging us to do bigger things and greater things. And God, I thank you today for the recipe you gave. And God, I thank you. And I just prophesy over your people that, Lord, they will be big steppers. They'll step in big ways to big things. They'll believe you, God, for, for big things. And God, I thank you that we're going to be a people that are going to walk in our power, our authority, and our dynamite. We're going to be a people that will walk in patience. And God, we're going to be a people that will give you praise, even if it's taking some time. I'm going to give you praise. Even if it doesn't happen today, 
I'll give you praise because it will happen tomorrow. And if it doesn't happen tomorrow, I'll give you praise because it'll happen on Tuesday. And Lord, if it doesn't happen Tuesday, I'll give you praise because it will happen Wednesday. And Lord, if it doesn't happen Wednesday, I'll give you praise because I know that after I've suffered a little while, you will perfect strength and, and settle us. So God, I just know that breakthrough is near. So God, I thank you today for your word. God, my prayer is that through this word, you will bring back your glory. That, Lord, will not do anything that we do as a church. We'll not do, do anything that we do in our home. We'll not do anything of work on our own and in our own strength. But, Lord, we'll do it along with the glory of God. Lord, Lord wherever, the, the Lord, we could be like Obed-Edom. If the glory's gone, I'm going where the glory is. That, Lord, if you're going to move the glory, I'm going to go with the glory. If you're going to take it from here, i got to go where it is. And so, Father, let us be a people that we just are hungry for the glory that we want to work with and alongside of and be in the presence of the glory. And so, Father, I thank you and I praise you today. God, continue to help us as a church as we prayed before we ever went alive. God, help us as a church that this week and the weeks ahead are going to be challenging. But God, help us just to remain strong and godly and Christ-like in the days ahead. And Father, I pray that you would strengthen these people, the people of this house, and the people our brother worked so closely with, strengthen them and love them. And God, if nothing else, demonstrate through this and give revelation to your people about the loving, amazing grace of God and your mercy. Now, Father, I pray as we leave this place that, Lord, you would help us to have a week favored by you, a week full of power, patience, and praise. And, Lord, as we assemble on Tuesday night, bring back the glory. Bring back the glory. Bring back the glory. And we love you and we praise you and we thank you right now. Jesus, your powerful and great name we pray today. Amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Make sure you hug on somebody.